0: Thank you so much, Rob. Well, welcome again. If you snuck in after the beginning, no shame, but I uh, just want you to feel that like you're welcome to. Um, it's always a real privilege to share from God's Word, and I'm looking forward to doing that this evening. just want to say a couple of things about what's happening in terms of our, our preaching and our messages coming up in the next uh, weeks and months. In February, we're starting a new teaching series that we're really looking forward to. It's going to be called Heartbeats. And uh, we're going to be thinking together about some of the, the key values that shape us as a church, really, the things that characterize life and health, heartbeat is called, in our church community. So look out for that, that's coming up in February. And what we decided to do for January this month was to look at the new year ahead and have a a series of standalone messages, really, that feel pertinent to us in our current context at the start of the new year. So if you were here last week or watched online, you'll have heard Naomi Sheldrake speak about Peter walking on the water, and she was encouraging us to fix our eyes on Jesus at the beginning of the new year. And today I want to share some thoughts based on the passage that Sam read for us before we share in Communion together. And it's a passage and a theme that's just been very much on my mind in the last couple of weeks, really, as we continue to navigate this exhausting thing that is COVID. You know, here we are in another beginning of a new year, still with COVID alive and well. Here we are again, who would have thought it? What does that mean for us as individuals and as a church community and as a neighbourhood and as a city? What is God saying to us in that? And I've been thinking about that. And I've called this message Compassion, Mission and the Heart of God. Uh, We heard the story read. It's the story of Lazarus. You might be familiar with that story Jesus' friend, Lazarus, um, has died and Jesus brings him back to life. Um, his sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word for Jesus to come when they found out that Lazarus was ill. And uh, they asked Jesus to come because uh, and, and, they knew that he could heal him. Um, but Jesus took time to get there. He stayed where he was for another two days. And by the time that he'd got there, Lazarus had already died. And it says in verse 17 that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And Mary knows enough about Jesus to, to be able to say, do you know what, Lord, if you'd come sooner, this wouldn't have happened. I know you can heal. If you'd come sooner, we wouldn't be where we are, not knowing that Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, this is a you know an amazing story, but it's not actually Lazarus and, and, the, and the resurrection uh, that's been on my mind these last couple of weeks, as much as Jesus heart response to the situation around him, about how troubled Jesus was and how moved he was. And it's that that I want to think about today. I want to think particularly about verses 32 to 36 in our passage. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Jesus' friend has died, and he is moved, and he is troubled, and he weeps. And I've had these verses rolling around my mind as I think about and pray about my response to all that's happening around me and our church's response in our community as we move into this new year. I'm sure that I've shared with you before that I always try to set some time aside um, every January to just to think and to pray, really, uh, to look back and reflect and look forward. So I, I squirrel away in a nice coffee shop somewhere um, with a very large, decent coffee and my journal open and a few hours to spare. And I always, every January, try to look back at what the year has brought so far and to look ahead at what is coming up. I've also shared with you that I am completely allergic to making New Year's resolutions. Absolutely who would want to set goals and plans that they will not be able to keep and that then you beat yourself up over? That's how I feel about New Year's resolutions. Am I with Am I with friends? Put your hands up if you set... You're not going to ask you what they are. If you set New Year's resolutions, does that have interest? Honestly. You'll <laughs> fail, all of you. Now, okay, about half and half, that's interesting. So half resolution setting and half are allergic to them like me. But I say that, but actually I do set time aside to think, God, what are you saying this year, you know? It's not um, what are my targets, but actually what are you saying to me this year ahead? I guess that might be the same thing for some of you too. And I did that um, at the beginning of January, and it was these verses that have really been in my mind. God has been speaking to me about compassion, compassion about biblical compassion, about what compassion really is as being so key for us going forwards. Not something to be driven by or expectations to meet, but instead rediscovering something of the heart of God for ourselves and for others and remembering that actually that is mission too, that compassion is a key part of the mission of God. So I want to just unpack this thought with us tonight really briefly and the first thing to say is a reminder I guess that compassion is at the heart of God Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled it says in verse 33 his friend had died and so he cried and he he saw the, the weeping around him the grief around him and he cried Jesus felt pain Jesus loved people and was moved by their pain as well as his own We serve a God who knows about pain and who feels compassion. And when we talk about Jesus' emotion, we say, isn't it so wonderful that we see the humanity of Jesus displayed? Isn't it it wonderful that there's the humanness of Jesus, that he feels emotion like we do? Which is true, but actually this isn't just about Jesus' humanity but that pain and emotion is at the heart of our divine God as well. If Jesus is feeling pain, it is a sign of his humanity and his divinity too. He was fully human and fully God. We're not just seeing a flesh and blood human in tears. We are seeing the eternal word made flesh in tears. The word through whom the world was made weeps at the grave of his friend. And this is the mystery of John's gospel. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. And the word cries with the world's crying. Compassion is at the heart of God. What Jesus doesn't do is kind of sweep in and say, do you know what, friends, you don't need to cry because in a minute something amazing is going to happen. And of course, Jesus knew what was about to come. He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He doesn't do that. He grieves himself at the loss and seeing the grief of others. This is the man of sorrows who shares our pain. And there's something about that that is always helpful, but personally, I'm finding particularly helpful at the start of this new year, nearly two years into a pandemic, as we think about our response to the needs of ourselves and those around us. People are worn out and worn down. You might be feeling worn out, and worn down. Alongside all the big scale stuff that's gone on for us this year, bereavements and job losses and mental health, the kind of, you know, the big scale, there is an exhaustion and a weariness unlike anything we've seen before. COVID fatigue, it is a thing. It's identified by the World Health Organization, who they call it pandemic fatigue. And they define it as the emotional exhaustion with the demands of life during the COVID crisis. We are nearly two years into this generation-shaping event, and we can't just kind of dust ourselves off and get on and think, do you know what, it's 2022, it'll be better this year, let's just carry on. Jesus has compassion for us with all that we carry in our own COVID fatigue, and he has compassion and wants that to shape how we serve those around us. When we're asking how we can be good news In this new year ahead, I think that God would say to us that part of the answer is that we would weep with those who weep and acknowledge the season that we are in. We've got this incredible hope in the gospel. We've got a sneak peek of the end. You know, we know it's all going to be okay. We know there's victory coming. We know what the end of the story is. But Jesus knew the same for Lazarus and still he wept. One way to put it like this. He cried. He knew Lazarus was dead before he got the news, but still he cried. He knew Lazarus would be alive again in moments, but still he cried. He wept because knowing the end of the story doesn't mean you can't cry at the sad parts. It's a helpful thought to take into this new year that Jesus weeps with us. And as we are to follow him, we are to stand alongside others too with compassion Before we get to resurrection, before we speak about the the new life part or, or long for the new life part, there's a grieving part. There's a standing with those who weep because life is hard and people need kindness and compassion. We're told that Jesus is deeply moved which is an interesting expression in our Bible, see, And it's, it's worth thinking about what that actually means. What does it mean when it says Jesus was deeply moved? And there's something in that expression that is more than just about tears and grief and loss for Jesus. It's not just Jesus was sad and so he cried. It's a broader meaning for that. His compassion comes from a heart for justice. Compassion is at the heart of God. Compassion is also a very deliberate act of faith. Um, I am wearing a new jumper today, which a couple of you have commented on. Hopefully you can see that it says, believe in it, across it. Um, this jumper became famous just before Christmas. Not this particular jumper, but this range of jumpers. It was on sale in a M&S. It was just the normal women's clothing range, and um, as In early December, the Bishop of Horsham, our local bishop here, she tweeted a picture of all the female clergy in Chichester wearing this jumper. So I think she'd bought it, or they'd all agreed together they'd buy it. Wouldn't that be fun? And they'd do school assemblies and church services over the Christmas time, all wearing this new uniform. Other clothing retailers are available um, wearing wearing this particular jumper. But it went viral, and it triggered hundreds of other church leaders to do the same. It was in the National Press, I read about it in the Guardian, and hundreds of women Women ministers bought it and uh, they, they posted it um, on social media under the hashtag Team Believe. Here are the Chichester Anglican clergy, the female ones, uh, wearing it, hashtag Team Believe. And here are 400 women ministers all wearing this particular jumper. Um, the Baptists joined in as well. Um, I do love a bandwagon. So I decided to join in, although I did not buy this jumper before Christmas because I was isolating and no one bought it for me for Christmas, which is what I was secretly hoping. So I got it in the sales uh, last week instead. And it doesn't matter if you don't wear it at Christmas, does it? It's not sparkly. Uh, Hashtag team believe. It was a positive message for those clergy over Christmas as well as some fun. But it was bought, of course, because the message on the jumper has got some meaning to us as Christians, that we are part of team believe. This story in John 11 is about compassion, but it's not just about compassion just because, it's about compassion fueled by belief, fueled by faith, by trust and faith. Martha believes that Jesus could heal, and Jesus points her to to belief even now Lazarus is dead. That phrase in our Bibles, verse 33, deeply troubled, doesn't quite do justice to the language. Deeply moved. The Greek word is embryomae. And it can be used um, of animals. It's the expression, when, you know, when an animal snorts, if a horse snorts, for example, this is the word that would have been used. In humans, it tends to refer to um, anger or agitation. So a better translation might be not Jesus was sad Jesus cried tears because he was sad. But actually, Jesus became agitated and angry in his spirit. And then at the invitation to come and see Lazarus at his grave, he wept with grief. Angry in spirit, agitated, and grieving. And in a gospel where life is one of the key themes... John's Gospel, it's a theme in John's Gospel, just in the chapter before, John chapter 10, remember it says, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. Here's a declaration of the Father's life for his people. Here we are, and Jesus is facing the greatest enemy of that life, that's death. And it's likely that that enemy, death, is the focus of his anger and his agitation. He's troubled by that. The Father's fullness of life is at odds with this enemy, death. And with that, his grief is genuine as he sees weeping around him. And this seems to me to be what true compassion is. It's a justified anger about what's not right in the world around us. And it is a genuine pain and sadness and empathy for those who struggle. We are on team believe. That is why we have compassion, not just because we're sad and other people are sad. We believe And we trust and we believe that God is about fullness of life. And we have compassion because we want that fullness of life to be expressed and received by others. And we grieve when that's not the case around us. We can feel justified anger and agitation when we look around, where humanitarian crises mean that even in 2022, children will be starving to death we can have an agitation where there's a lack of integrity in our politicians and their behaviour, where vaccines aren't shared fairly around the world, where people in our neighbourhoods and in our church family are relying on food banks. And that justified anger goes alongside grief because it means there's suffering that always follows, which is at odds with God's desire for fullness of life being troubled and agitated, not letting that that steer us to um, sinful, angry behaviour and reactions, but to be channelled into compassion, to be part of the solution. You know, compassion isn't kind of getting alongside someone and putting your arm around them and sort of stroking their arm. It is so far from that. It is a proactive stand of faith, speaking out and getting alongside those in need. It is part of our mission Compassion's at the heart of God. Compassion is a deliberate act of faith. And compassion is mission. It's evangelism. That's why we're involved as a church in all sorts of compassion ministries, as we call them. Things like Christians Against Poverty, working with those in debt. Compassion ministries that serve people. We've sung some really helpful songs that talk about God's heart for the broken. Asking God to give us that same heart. That we might serve them. Why? To offer them fullness of life. We're going to sing a song in a moment that says something like, Break my heart for what breaks yours. Teach me how to love like you have loved me. Compassion is mission. If we are serious about being a missional church, then compassion is part of the deal. Compassion doesn't just weep, but acts. Compassion is mission because it leads to the glory of God being revealed. If you look on in our chapter in verse 40, Jesus says to Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If you are on team believe, hashtag, you will see the glory of God. We believe and we trust in him. And as we have compassion, we will see the glory of God. I think it's really important as we start this new year that we don't get into our minds that somehow we're just treading water. You know, at some point COVID will die down, and then we can get on with the really important mission stuff. You know, roll on the day when we can get back to the mission and get back to doing the stuff. We just gotta kind of look after people for now and tread water until we get there. That's not the case. This is the mission. This is it. Because if we show the compassion of Jesus to those around us, if we weep with those who weep, if we stand in belief against all that's wrong in the world, if we act on people's behalf, if we seek for restoration, then new life comes. We will see the glory of God out of the grief, out of the pain. As we grieve and stand and act, we will see the glory of God. People will see the glory of God. The fullness of life that's promised in John 10 is for those who are grieving at Lazarus's graveside. It wasn't some future date when things settled down. And that, friends, is true for us as we enter 2022. Compassion is at the heart of God. Compassion is a deliberate act of faith for all of us who believe. And compassion is the mission. It's what we are called to do. And what I really sense that God is calling us to, to remember and to get back to in this new year. May God show his glory through his church as we demonstrate his compassion to each other in our own needs and to those around us. Let's pray together. We're going to sing again in a moment and then we're going to share communion together. But just want to give you a moment to... Digest what the Lord might be saying to you today. Maybe the first word for you is that Jesus has compassion for you. Before we seek to serve others and stand with others, that he has compassion for you. He weeps with your pain and wants to bring his fullness of life back to you again. Let's receive that. I know we pray that you would help us to remember that compassion isn't just for certain people, the soft-hearted ones. It's not just a there, there. It is an act of faith, standing with those around us in this season who need to know the glory of God revealed and the fullness of life that you can bring. We pray that you would help us to weep with those who weep and seek restoration and give each other courage and lend each other faith so that the glory of God might be revealed. Amen. Amen.